Welcome to another episode of Promoted. I'm your host, Felicity Fury, and we have a very special guest with us today. This podcast is all about helping you get promoted or recognized in your industry and be great when you get there. Today, we have Annie Marita Young. She is the definitive voice in millennial finance and specializes in strategies for beating today's tough economic challenges. She is the author of an award-winning, best-selling new book, The Five-Day Job Search, which we're going to get all into today, and she helps young professionals get out of student loan debt while finding the ideal job. She has more than 1 million views on YouTube. Her witty approach to talk uh, to tough talk sets her apart from others. Annie, thank you so much for saying yes to being on the Promoted Podcast. It's great to have you here. Felicity, I'm so happy to be here on the Promoted Podcast. Really excited to share with your listeners today on how they can get promoted quickly. Amazing. And I can't, it seems a bit too good to be true. Five-day job search. You've said that the average time people usually take to get jobs is six months. How can it be possible to do it in five days? The reason is because they don't really apply for enough jobs. They are spending way too much time focusing on the nitty gritty details of each individual job listing and telling themselves that they're not qualified enough to apply for this listing. Whereas me, I'm just like, oh, that sounds like a nice title. And I don't even read the listing. I just click apply. And on Indeed and ZipRecruiter, you can just upload your resume so that you can do the easy apply button without having to fill in different application forms. So that's what I do. I apply to 50 jobs a day for seven days. And after seven days, I've applied to 350. And and what is a win? A win is if in the end, I just get one job offer. So it doesn't matter how many people say no to me. That's amazing. That is a huge number. And I think people often underestimate, certainly that's been my experience of business of you know how much action it actually takes to achieve a goal and achieve a result. So you know, usually the approach people take is they'll write a cover letter, they'll spend a lot of time personalizing it. It sounds like that, you know, that would just take hours and hours. So are you, uh, you know, in your approach, is it really just uploading that resume and go- going for, I feel like what's going to be really efficient and effective at the same time? That's definitely what I do. I just cast a really wide net. Now, I do tell people that they need to write a really targeted resume and there is such a way to do that. Well, this is a short podcast interview, so I won't go too much into detail, but there is a way to write a targeted resume using ChatGPT by having ChatGPT analyze the job listings, analyze 20 of them, find a common pattern between them, and then, you know, write different accomplishments related to what employers in general for a specific role in a specific industry are looking for. So that way you already have a targeted resume for that general title in that general industry right? Uh, You don't need to write a new resume for every single application you do. I think that's why people take way too much time. So interesting. I'm definitely one for overanalyzing and thinking, have I got everything right before I hit send and worrying about, oh, what are people going to think of me? And um, is it, you know, have I got all the right information in there? And it sounds like from what you're saying, that's, you know, not the right, you know, the right strategy to think about it. Is it really, you know, taking that high level perspective of going, look, I really want this opportunity. How do I fit that and make that work? And, you know, not worrying about that uh, imposter syndrome, you could say. <laughs> the imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. I I think way too many people are focused on those small details and thinking like, oh, I'm not qualified for this because I don't have exactly five years of experience that they say are required, not optional, right? And uh, they don't apply, but they have to realize that 
when employees are writing these listings, I'll be very honest, you know what they do? Let me tell you what I think they do because I've done it. I look at other listings for that title and then I'm like, oh, well, they're asking for this, this, and this, and they're offering about this salary. Maybe I can write a similar job listing as what they've written. You know, sounds good. Okay, I'll write something. I'll, I'll follow what someone else wrote as a template, but then I'll just switch it up to kind of like fit what I need. And, yeah. you know, I generally don't even know exactly whether someone needs exactly five years of experience, but sounds like a good number. <laughs> but then like when someone's reading it and they're applying, they think it's like the letter of the law. Like as if you you don't meet the requirements, then you cannot get this job. And I don't view it like that. I view it more like, oh, this is their wish list. But I have a wish list as well. So we have to find the intersection of our wish list, you know. Basically, <laughs> that's so right. Actually, one of the best jobs I've had is actually where I got to write the role description with my boss. And it was such a different process from, yeah, doing the application piece. And I literally wrote a list of here's all the stuff I'm great at. Here's the stuff I'm not great at that I need help with. And then we worked together to create the role. And it was so funny when I went in um, to the position, I ended up having, um, I didn't find this out for like a year into the role that I was actually paid more than my colleagues and was a whole level above my colleagues, even though they had more experience in that area. And it was quite funny because I'd come from one industry and was moving into another. So I actually had no expectations around pay or what was normal in that kind of role. So yeah, I was pretty shocked to find out that I was getting paid a lot more than my colleagues and was that whole position higher where they had, you know, specific banding. But I think kind of having that naivety actually really helped me. Is that something that you found helps other people as well? Yes, I think having that naivety definitely helps because if you had known, I think you would have had imposter syndrome. Totally. You started freaking out and going like, oh my gosh, I'm not qualified to be here. And then you know what would end up happening? You will end up having a self-fulfilling prophecy because what you believe in is I'm not qualified to be here. And then you'll start taking action that follows that. And then next thing you know, you'll be fired because repeatedly over and over and over again, you can't meet the performance requirements and expectations. <laughs> Absolutely. And I thought, like, how did you get into this in the first place? Because, you know, applying for, you know, writing this book and applying for 350 jobs, how did this even start for you? Where, you know, what's your journey been like through your career to get to this point? To get to this point, I actually, I didn't go straight to college after high school because here in the United States, you know, college is really expensive. And I come from a poor family. My parents are Chinese working class immigrants. So I don't want to waste anyone's money and I don't want to take on student loan debt either. So I had to figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up working a whole string of minimum wage jobs. And then after college, I, so eventually I did go. I got a degree in communications, but I ended up working at Domino's Pizza. It was like... You know, what What a waste of my time, <laughs> you know? Well, I did learn a lot, I admit. But like, why did I do this only to end up working at Domino's Pizza? I don't understand, right? And I'm smart. I deserve more. That's what I was thinking. Like, I'm qualified for more. Why can't I get these roles? And I I was so butthurt by rejection as well. I remember coming home crying. I was like, why did they reject me? I met all 10 requirements. Um Finally, my husband and I, we moved to Boston because he's doing a PhD here. And I, I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to apply to accounting jobs. Don't have an accounting degree. But I manage the finances for our household. Like I know how to live on a really tight budget. I watch every penny. I'm just good with that. And I'm attentive to the detail. 
Like no one can rip us off when it comes to money, right? And you know what? I can do the same thing for a business. That's what I figured, you know, because these are nice traits that I, I believe a business owner would want in their accountant. So I, I was like, I'm just going to apply to 50 accounting jobs a day and I'll see if I can do it or not. Otherwise, I'll be stuck working customer service the rest of my life. And thank goodness, um, after applying to 350 jobs, I did land an accounting job, even though I'm quote unquote not formally qualified for these kinds of roles. That's incredible. That's very, very inspiring because I think a lot of people think, yeah, because I can't tick these exact boxes, then I can't actually go into this role. And then they kill off all those opportunities that could actually be really great for them and that actually they could thrive in. How do you suggest people assess these opportunities? Because uh, I have an engineering degree. I feel like engineering is very specific and you go, oh, okay. Is this the right kind of engineering job for me? I'm definitely like an overanalyzer, but how would you make that call to go, oh, that you said that, you know, earlier the title looks really great. That looks like an amazing position to go in. Um, how do you talk me through that process of figuring out if that is the right opportunity for you? Or are you just like, just send them all and see what pops up? Yeah, I'm, I'm more of the send them all out and see what pops up because unless it's in my hand, how can I make a decision on something mm. that is in my hand? You know, like it's like if I'm playing cards, I can only play with, play with the cards actually in my hand, not the ones that I'm thinking about that are on the table or in the deck, right? So it's like I only care about who says yes, who is interested. Everyone else who completely ignores me, I forget, I forget about them. I move on. You know, I, I don't sit here waiting for someone to get back to me. And I think that's the problem. Like the moment someone gets a, like a maybe, it's not like a hard yes, but it's also not a hard no in their job search. They got a maybe from an interview and they're just like waiting. I'm just like waiting to hear back from this interviewer before, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, then I'll start applying to more jobs. I'm like, why? Why are you waiting for someone? Just keep applying until you actually get a yes. And and even if you get an offer, a written offer and it's signed, as we can see in the um, Israeli-Palestine conflict, like with Harvard students, you know, they signed this letter. They got their, the law students, they got their offers rescinded. So wow. unless like, yeah, sure, you got an offer and you signed it. Uh, they did a background check on you and you have a set start date. Like unless you've, you're actually working there you know, and you started your first day there, um, my answer is it's a no all the way up until you actually started working there on your first day and you fill yeah. out the W-4 paperwork and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. That's such a great way to think about it because I think people do this like wait for the next one, wait for the next one. And yeah, I remember actually recently, a few years ago now, I was finished up running my business and I wanted to apply for a job. And um, I ended up seeing speaking to a recruiter and I just said, I'll take all the interviews that you give me. And I ended up with eight, I think eight interviews and I got offered five of the eight jobs, which like really surprised me and it was so great having that choice because then you could have that conversation and go well I've got this person over here who's already offered me something and this person over here so it is a really powerful negotiation tool as well do you find that yes yeah yes because like if if you're if there's someone I'm helping right now and I asked him how many jobs he's applied to since Tuesday he applied to a total of 20 He's only doing four a day, right? So he's going to be one of those. He's already been unemployed for six months. So he's that average statistic. If he lands a job now, then he'll be that six-month statistic. Um, but, like, that's that's different. Like, if he's doing that, then, of course, when he gets an offer, he's only going to get one because of the slow pace that he's going. 
But if you mm-hmm. like line up so many interviews in such a short period, like a one week period all at once, then you'll get multiple offers. Absolutely, you will. Because if you do well in the interview, you will get multiple offers. Like my friend, she lined, she lined up five interviews in one day. Wow. And of, of course she got multiple offers, right? So she got to pick what she wanted. If she took her time and she didn't have it all lined up in such a short time period, then maybe uh, she'll, she'll have an interview lined up in week one, then a second interview lined up in week three. But then if she gets an offer from the first one, they'll go like, hey, this has an expiration date of blah, 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 blah. And then while you're like trying to meet that expiration date, you're still like, I want to hear back from this second guy that I just interviewed with. When are they going to get back to me? It just gives you like this, this feeling like you're missing out on something. And we never want that, you know? I hate that. Absolutely. That's so interesting. Yeah. And, and it's funny you say that because I did end up having all those interviews in a week. So it felt it was like it was rapid and it was so helpful in the decision-making process and enabled the job to happen so much more quickly. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions or um, misperceptions that people have when they're looking to find that new position or, you know, get promoted into that new role? Oh, looking to get promoted into a new role. I Oh my gosh, people assume that they will just be recognized. They assume that a promotion's coming. They assume that if like, if they do a certain certificate or um, something, then automatically they will be qualified for a promotion. That's not how it works. People don't know you're looking to get promoted. You have to say, you have to say more than one time. I would like to get a promotion. What opportunities are there here at this company? Um, and what what is required of me to get that promotion? Like, let me know if, if this is something that's a year from now, I want to start preparing for it now. What skills am I missing? Do I need certificates? Who do I need to network with? Who do I need to develop a good relationship with? Like, you have to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. And I think that's also a problem many women have. They just assume that if they do good work, and a lot of women do great work, they assume that it would just get acknowledged for some reason. And, and that's not how it works. You have to be a bit more um, proactive. My friend, the same friend who got five interviews all lined up in the same day, um, she was working at KPMG before that. So it's like a really big, uh, big four accounting in the United States. And she's one of those people really proactive. The moment she was hired there, she's like, how can I get a promotion? Like already when she started working there, she's like, what can I do to get a promotion? Um, and um, she was asking the higher ups like all this stuff. She she was really really like gung ho about it, and she got promoted within a year. And um, of course, her colleagues who now became her equals after she was promoted, they were like, "Well, you're just lucky you got this promotion um, because it took us like five years to get this promotion. You know, wow. you're you're just lucky you got this promotion because someone else left." That's why. And you just, you just happen to be the only one available to get the promotion. Wow. She's like, no, I asked for the promotion. <laughs> like I was really proactive and I worked for it. I asked them what skills I needed to develop and I worked for it, you know? But the, her colleagues just assumed like, oh, like, and they were jealous. They were jealous. They just, because they have a different mindset. They don't understand that you have to be proactive. They were just waiting. Those were the kind of people they were. <laughs> Well, that's probably why it took them five years to get promoted because they were just waiting for it, right? 
so good what you're saying because yes yeah, I totally made that mistake and and said oh I want to be in this position and you think oh I said it once so my manager should remember well they've got so much going on how can they remember that out of all of the other things if you're it's like exactly the same as you know if, you, if you're marketing something you don't just see it once and then go oh, I'm going to buy that you've got to see something I think it's up to 23 times now that we need to see something because of social media and we're just bombarded with information every single day so yeah I can imagine if you're only asking once then um you're not really you know going to be positioned or front of mind for those kinds of opportunities so i'm hearing uh big takeaways from this conversation being um ask apply for those things that that sound great that you might not have that exact skill set for because it is the wish list of the uh you know of the people hiring and also it takes a lot more work than you probably perceive that it would any other tips or advice you want to give people before we wrap up yeah have confidence. Don't self-sabotage yourself, please. Uh, um, I've been coaching people, right? And I look, my advice works. I have a whole system. I'm a living proof that it works. Who, who gets an accounting job with no accounting degree, right? I'm totally self-taught. And people tell me, it's not possible for you, young lady, to make more than $55,000 a year because you don't have an accounting degree, let alone $60,000 a year. And I'm like, who are you telling me that? You know, now I'm making six figures. I don't believe what people are telling me. My belief system is completely different. I don't listen to what people tell me, right? But like this guy, for example, I'm helping him. I'm telling, like I assigned him homework on last Tuesday to start applying to 50 jobs a day. We had the resume all done. And I said, the only thing we need you to do is you change out your phone number and your email address because I was recording it. I planned to make it public and I didn't want his contact information to be made public, right? And we, we came back today to a session and he only applied to 20 for the whole week. I mean, that's self-sabotage right there. And not just that, he removed his contact information from the resume. Like the resume that he uploaded had no phone number, oh. had no email address, had no mailing address. So then I had to ask him, how do you expect people to contact you? If they're interested in hiring you, he's like, well, they'll somehow find me on LinkedIn and they can find my phone number there. I mean, that's self-sabotage all the way, all the way. Literally. So people, thank you. Ah. People need to like, like stop ruining your own chances. Like the only person who can stop you from getting promoted or for getting new opportunities is yourself. Just look in the mirror. Absolutely. I've heard that with business too. It's uh, less likely that a competitor will outdo you than your business self-imploding uh, and you actually destroying it from the inside. So I can totally relate to that one as well. Thank you so much, Annie. You've given so many incredible tips. If you want to learn more, check out Annie's book, which is the five-day job search. So inspiring. Thank you so much for actually putting it out there and taking everything that you've learned. I know that's going to make a massive difference for so many people who are looking for that next role, that next opportunity or their next promotion. You've been amazing, Annie. Thank you so much for being on the Promoter Podcast.